Man, when I'm with Nikki, I'm never going to do stuff like that. Oh, Nikki? What's all this about Nikki? Restraining order's nothing to fool with, bro. Holy shit, look at you. You are ripped. You look absolutely amazing. You feel good? How you doing, Jake? Good, good. You look like fucking Schwarzenegger, man, in his prime. Shit, dude. Didn't I say you wouldn't recognize him? So listen, I'm sorry about that. Uh, I didn't come to see you down there in the hospital. You know how those places creep me out, and the firm's been expanding, you know, so I've been helping Pop with the restaurant, because he needs to have a legitimate business. He needs a tax return with all the money he's making, with all the, the bookmakers. They're going to come after him, and it looks like I'm going to get partnered at the firm. What? I don't know what to say to you anymore. You, you lost your wife. I'm getting engaged, and I want to be able to tell you about those kinds of things. You lost your house, and I'm getting a new house. You lost your job. Things are going great for me at the firm. Maybe stop talking about the things that are going good for you and bad for him. Just, you know, leave it alone. Leave it alone. We're watching the game. You know what? I'm just gonna I'm just gonna stop talking. I'm gonna shut my mouth. As my friend Danny would say, I got nothing but love for you, brother. My God, finally. <laughs> That's fine. That was great. That's the easy one. I felt good about that. Yeah, that sounded great. Gentlemen, you can't fight in here. This is the war room. You can't handle the truth. King Kong ain't got shit on me. I am the I'm so much crazier. I am the one who knocks. Go ahead. Make my day. Let's take me. Hello and welcome to Facing Off Pod, a podcast where we face off like films by using our extra special categories and rating system. I am one of your co-hosts, Layla, and I'm as always joined by my crazy, quirky, weird co-hosts, Gabe and Nick. We are also joined this week by a friend of the pod. Boys, do you want to introduce your friend? Hi, Tyler. I'll introduce him. (laughs) Uh, we're bringing on Tyler Salstrom, one of our close friends from college. Uh, he's a lovable dude. You can't, you, you're listening to this, so you can't hear his mustache, but he has a huge caterpillar on his face. Tyler, welcome to the pod. What's up, buddy? Yeah, you got to check out our Instagram this week. I'm going to post some videos and you'll get to see that fabulous mustache. Yeah. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. <laughs> Tyler, tell us about yourself. Who are you? Uh, yeah, so uh, I'm Tyler, and I'm a friend of these two. Uh, i a long time from college, living in San Francisco, and I grew out this mustache and to, for a Halloween costume that I didn't get to actually use. Was it utilize. Ted Lasso? Yeah. I wish. That's next year. That's next year. Okay. No, it was Narcos, wasn't it? It was, it was oh. Narcos. Yeah. Narcos it's Mexico or Narcos? Narcos. OG. Yeah, was, I, yeah. I don't watch Distinctions. that. Distinctions. Uh, mm-hmm. Narcos Mexico one. Uh, and Tyler, huge fan of Silver Linings Playbook. He's like, you guys got to do it. It's been super popular on Netflix, so we've been dying to do it. Uh, hey. And we had to have you along. That's why we ride. did this. I Tyler, one of, my, yeah. one of my biggest movie <laughs> friends. Yeah. Me and you, we, uh, we have many a late night conversation on some movie or uh, hip hop artists, as, <laughs> as us white people say. Yeah. Oh, wow. So, fun fact uh, <laughs> J. Cole's favorite movie is Garden State. Oh, sick. Really? Yeah. Oh, sick. According to okay. the IMDb. That's going to skew all my scores for Garden State today. <laughs> That's what's going to do it. Um, yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. So speaking of, thank wow. you both for acknowledging we are doing a Silver Linings Playbook and Garden State this week. Um, so basically two quirky dramedies about trauma and not feeling understood by those you love most. In both films, our protagonists return home and choose to go off of their medication in order to better understand themselves. In the process, both unintentionally fall in love with a woman having her own emotional awakening. And that is, and that, to the protagonist's surprise, matches their crazy. And most importantly, both films have iconic shots of characters wearing trash bags as ponchos. <laughs> so... <laughs> Let's uh, just get into this. It's a boys. Great Let's connection. do this. That's a great. Um, I will be. I will be moderating this episode. If you can't tell, um, to give these boys a chance to have a good time, um, we will be using a, our seven point rating scale. One being shit as always, and seven being amazing. Um, with our fabulous categories, which I will talk about as we get started. Um, Absolutely. Y'all ready? Shy. Ready. Yeah. Ready. Everybody yes. ready? Okay. We're gonna start this week with originality. Um, I'm going to have Gabe kick us off with Silver Linings Playbook. Ooh, Silver Linings Playbook originality. So, um, look, so like it's interesting with both of these movies because they're both like they're quirky, but they're pretty grounded um, and they're not like crazy stories or anything. I know that they're both dealing with mental health issues, so I didn't mean crazy as pun right there, but. Um, they like the, they're, they're really like simple if you break down what's happening in them, but what makes them stand out in their genres, which, uh, as Layla said at the beginning is like dramedies is in the character creations and the way that the characters interact with each other. And that's why these movies are so popular to a lot of people, um, particularly with silver linings playbook, um, I just love how each character is trying to cope with their own issues and how they're like pointing the finger at each other of like, you know, like trying to diagnose their family members or their friends and stuff like the way that they understand their own, you know, not all of them have mental health issues, but like even with small characters like John Ortiz, his like um, friend, like even that dude is just dealing with rage and stuff. Like he just <laughs> fucking hates his marriage and it's he's so ridiculous about it. And even someone is like almost delusional in a lot of this as Bradley Cooper's character. Yeah. He's like, I just Megadeth. go in there with mega death. And he's like, dude, you got to sort your marriage out. Yeah. Um, <laughs> even, even someone like Bradley Cooper's character that has no social filter is like recognizing that this dude has like an issue with this marriage. Um, and I think that's just so creative and I, I love the interactions. Um, I, I also think that the comedy and drama is like really seamlessly like crafted in this, that it, it could just dip back and forth into comedy and drama so seamlessly. And it could just like, it could smack you in the face with something or it can like ease you in with the story through like a montage. So I think it's slightly above average for that. So I would say it's a five out of seven for originality. All right, Tyler, what do you think? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, for everything that Gabe said, just pertaining to the characters and the way that all the all of them interact and <clears throat> just also the seamlessness. And the thing that I noted here, too, was just how it goes in and out of comedy and like comedic scenes and how the characters kind of lean on their own sense of like that comedy just to bring some brevity to the storyline when you have some very tense moments. And even inside of that, too, like the, some of the lines they have are pretty quippy. And some of the things that they say, yeah. like really like they come in 
very, very strong. But then there's like one of my favorite scenes that me and my roommate always joke about. And he's like, hey, man, I think I'm wearing about a jersey to dinner. He's like, well, what jersey are you going to wear? And it's like, Deshaun Jackson. It's like, Deshaun Jackson is the man. And it's like, <laughs> it's so the psychiatrist is so yeah, great. He's so great. And it's just little things like that interspersed between just, you know, all of these like tense, more tense moments. Um, that's what really makes this movie special. And that's where, like, from an original standpoint, like, rather than just going from, like, very tense scene to very tense scene to, like, a lot of drama, they bring in that brevity with a lot of the comedy, a lot of the actors and the character interactions. Um, the other thing, too, is, like, you also learn a bit, like, through Robert De Niro's character about, like, how he kind of comes into play and how, like, this fatherhead patriarch kind of affects all of the relationships going down from there. And I think that's, while not super unique, the way they don't directly address it, but you kind of learn from the backgrounds and interactions how that had an impact. I think that makes it super unique overall. And, but, you know, you have the whole NFL football game, too, and how that plays a part in it. And, like, the random character, Jerry, right? I think his friend, his buddy that helps him oh, yeah, build the yeah. bookie making. Yeah. It's just, it's, it's great. And I, and I think that guy's so absurd. (laughs) He he just throws a wrench into it. And it's like, you think the story's going one way, but then they totally finish off the climax with this huge bet at the end, which I think is like probably the most unique part about the whole film is that like, you're like, Oh, I know where this is going. They're going to get together. This is how it's going to finish. And it's like, actually there's this massive bet that you really get invested in. Like even, even though you don't see the game happening, you're invested in the dance. And I think that's what makes it super unique. So I actually gave it a six, uh, just in terms okay. of like a dramedy perspective, but that, that's where I sit at, and a lot of that has to do with the way it finishes. Yeah, nice. Yeah, it's yeah. like a more. I'm glad pleasant, you brought up the bet. <laughs> yeah, it's like a more pleasant uncut mm-hmm. gems, uh, yeah. like a version of a parlay. Please don't. Yeah. Well, they're both parlays. <laughs> one is a nightmare. All right, Nick. Uh, well, it's based on a book. <laughs> Nick's uh, favorite thing to start with. Which is my favorite thing to start with. Is I thought I thought for sure that's why you had me go last in this category, Layla. <laughs> it's it's based on a book and it's based pretty closely on a book and like some of the changes in the movie are aesthetic changes uh, recommended by Harvey Weinstein. Uh, Weinstein. Weinstein. So don't don't love that. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I mean, he's oh, a genius with getting movies nominated though. So that was like why. He, I mean, so. it, it, yeah. I could. I'll talk more about why the, the some of the. Reasons I think that it was nominated, but it's uh, I don't have too much to add to what you guys just said. I just think that it does follow clo- pretty closely what happens in this book, and so is not like the most original screenplay of all time. But I do think the story is pretty original. Mm. Um, so I gave it a four. I didn't want to tell. Okay, I, I don't think it's below average, but being followed pretty closely, you know, following pretty closely the book it's based on. Um, yeah. Makes it average for me. Nick's a huge book guy. He he knows how it's to read. It's called originality, dude. It's not original. He knows how to read. <laughs> I'm a big guy. It can read um, words. <laughs> uh, before we move on to Garden State, um, yeah. I do want to just also acknowledge. Um, I do think this is just an incredibly original female character. Oh, like yeah. Jennifer's character is Very, like. I just yeah. we can't yeah. like can't brush past that. There's not a lot of like incredibly dynamically written female characters out there. And it's always really refreshing for me when I see a movie and I'm just like, I identify with so many things in this character and I haven't gotten to see that on the screen. So and props this, to them that's for that. That's an important point from Layla because she hates Jennifer Lawrence. So that is, I uh, do. it's tough. <laughs> yeah. <to me. laughs> 
And yet, I can okay. I feel like I always have to defend this. Yeah. I can appreciate her as an actress, yeah. but yeah, I like can't stand her. Jennifer Lawrence. Yeah, as a person, um, yeah. As, a person. as a human, because um, I know her so well. Anyways, uh, moving on <laughs> to Garden State, uh, Tyler. Why don't you kick us off with originality? She's never yeah. gonna write us an email. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so, I mean, truth be told, it's been a long time since I've seen Garden State, and uh, when I first watched it, I remember it was kind of like a watch it after I graduated um, high school, and it kind of felt, it kind of already had these, like, kind of, not, I don't want to say cult classic beginnings, but it just, that's kind of how it was introduced to me as, and uh, I when I, when, yeah, and, and, but when I watched it, it, it just felt very much like a drama, you know, you're kind of sifting through, and you're learning a bit about the characters, and, and it from an original standpoint, it was kind of slow for me, at least at the beginning. And then you start to learn and peel back the layers from the characters as they start to interact more with each other. And, um, you know, in in terms of like the drama aspects of like, you know, learning more about his story and what happens with his mom. And and then you learn about her and her quirkiness. And, (laughs) and then you get that extra kind of like, almost like this huge revelation, like, Oh wow, he's been medicated his entire life. And these are the reasons why. And, um, I don't know. I feel like in terms of like originality, I, I, I kind of ended at a four in the sense that like it doesn't really present too much outside of the norm. Like you have this huge character arc. They get together. They learn about each other and then they finish in an airport. Like, it, I don't know. That, that, was, that was how I felt about it. Um, but, but the actual structure of it in terms of like what they're revealing about these characters I thought was relatively original and, and the music score is great but i i don't know i, I ended at a four personally just based off of like how interesting yeah, everything interesting. began Oof. and ended yeah all right nick i gave <laughs> what it a, you got i gave it a seven. Ooh. Oh my god Wait, really? yeah. wow that's awesome an originality that is fucking yeah. awesome it's written directed and uh stars the same person whose name i will try as hard not to say oh my god so i really don't like zach Braff. <laughs> I really don't like Zach Braff. Uh, I think his face sucks. I that's pretty much it. I do think, however, that the the fact that he wrote and directed this and like painstakingly like made this his like magnum opus. Right? Is that the right term? Yeah, and I don't yeah. even know mm-hmm. if it's a, it's about him. I was looking that up. I don't think it's. It's about like loosely based. Him. On, like some parts of it are about mm-hmm. him, but it's not about him. Like I don't think he struggles with the same, you know, mental health issues. If the person even has right. mental health issues in the movie, yeah. he just has these, all of these ideas. I mean, even the fact that it's ambiguous as to whether or not this person is even mentally ill or just on a bunch of medication because daddy told him to when he lithium. was a kid. How long have you been on lithium? Yeah, the psychiatrist. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's just so many. It's just like a lot of heavy hitting scenes for a lot of different reasons. Like there are heavy yeah. hitting scenes because they're funny. There are heavy hitting scenes because they're emotional because they're romantic. Like I don't like Zach Braff, but I think that he created something that, I mean, you called it a cult classic, Tyler. It is. A, I mean, it is a cult classic. It's a yeah. kind of, Bridges the line between just generally being a classic and being culty, but I mean it's right there. Uh, Definitely for our generation. Like, and, I don't think our generation's going to forget this movie. Yeah, and uh, there's um, he also pulled some elements from Hamlet that I read about. Oh, um, cool! You know, your boy loves Shakespeare, so <laughs> had to give it a seven. 
I mean, even I also like how Tyler started that where you were talking about how this is like something that you'd watch like right out of high school. Like yeah. it really yeah. feels like The Graduate and there's, a, there's yes. even like oh, basically the thunder. end of it. Yeah, I mean like basically the end he says, you know, like what do we do now? Like yeah, like the end the of The same. Graduate. But it's more of like an optimistic take yeah. and I've never liked The Graduate personally. <laughs> um so I, I just, I love the way that they do this one. Sorry. Um, but no, I, I, I'm so glad that Nick said that. I mean, like I, I'm at a six out of seven. I originally was at a five, but re- I, this movie is so unique because it's incredibly grounded. It's a, yeah. it's, it's yes. everything that's happening is like real and normal and it's about real human emotion. And the, the conversations are really real. I think it but speaks to people, but it speaks yeah. to people and it's so bizarre and it's so lovably bizarre and it's bizarre in like realistic ways. Um, I love the glimpses inside his mind, like the way that they start the movie with him, like his dream on the airplane and like, he's at peace while it's like chaos for everyone. And then it just, it it just cuts to him in this like blank white room and his bland foggy life. I love that he keeps having these like interactions with weird people from his town that it's so like accurate to those people you never want to see again from your town. (laughs) But like, also, (laughs) but also just like so bizarre and so funny, but it's also like how he's been living his life in this fog and he's now able to see the things around him. Um, it's one of those like super pleasant offbeat indies that you could just put on at any time. And like, it's definitely slow, but there's so many little like details to it that are fun to go through each time. And, um, despite it being so simple in its design, it's still like, like silver linings playbook. It's, it's still is so creative, um, comedically when it mixes that with its drama. Um, and I, I think just the visual, the, there are just so many visual moments that stand out apart from any other like small indie dramas that it's just forever going to be this creative thing that needed to be made in my mind. So six out of seven for me. Love it. Um, I'm going to kind of transition us into spectacularity because mm. I think you guys Oof. touched on a lot of that kind of stuff mm. in this category. Um, so for our listeners, spectacularity is about engagement level and just how much you enjoyed it and the, and the moments throughout the film and all of all of that. Um, so let's go to Silver Linings Playbook. And Nick, why don't you kick us off? I, mm, I'm in between five and six. Hmm. Um, it's definitely the right length. So there's that check. That's what she said. And that's all for me. Go ahead, Tyler. <laughs> I'm going to end it there. Uh, uh, no, it's, I, I do really enjoy watching this movie. I think it's really funny. Um, there was something I want to talk about in actoring that kept bugging me and making it, making it harder for me to watch the movie, but it was something I read that got stuck in my head. So I'm going to save that mm. part. Okay. I need you guys to convince me if it's a five or six. I Tyler's probably going to do more convincing on that because I'm between the two and I'd love to. All know, right, Tyler. Know. Wow, I picked the wrong people. Here. Tyler, <laughs> no, do that's it fine. I think no, 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 it's fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> us up for a, that's what she said, Joe. Yeah, it's perfect. <laughs> um, <laughs> all right. Well, then I'll 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 push you hopefully into one category over the other. But I I honestly, 
Uh, you know, if for me, it was really between a six and a seven. Um, and yeah. I just didn't want to like give everything of this movie a, a seven. So I kind of, I wow. leaned back to, to a bit of a six. And, and the reason being was that I found the movie super engaging, right? Like you start off and it opens with him just speaking to a black screen and he's doing pushups. And I think like one of the reasons why it's so engaging, is just very similar to the other movie we're comparing it to, but like you learn different elements about his life as the story progresses. But even beyond that, like all the other characters are starting to peel away more and more and the more you learn about it, but it's not just doing it in all of these random scenes of just people talking and they put them in very specific scenarios where it's very public and it's very passionate. And there's a lot of like openness, which I'll get into more to when it comes to like the actoring, but it doesn't drag. It's engaging throughout. And the scenes where you learn more about these characters are all super unique. Like I think the diner scene and the Halloween thing, and you have the whole letter aspect too, where like you realize like, oh my God, he is actually still not over this. And then he's talking to the psychiatrist and you get the flashback of where you learn. He's like beating up the history teacher with tenure and, (laughs) and he goes on the run and you learn about like the aspects of how like they are also pulling the strings. So this Tiffany Maxwell girl could like go and see her. And then, Chris Tucker, who also comes in and adds his own little aspects around the dancing. I, I just, I honestly think it's perfectly, it's perfect length. Things you take out of it from mental health aspects are very poignant. And it also just really showcases a family dynamic around mental health in such a way that is very unique and spectacular. So I personally am going to give it a six. Um, yeah. Just in the sense that I don't think I can give it a seven, um, 100%, because I'm sure there's others out there, but... I'll give it a six as well because I forgot how engaging the last like act is with the bet. Yeah. That part's nice. We're like, Mm -hmm. we're starting where Tiffany comes in and riddles off all of those different times that he was with her and all of the Philadelphia sports teams won things. Starting oh God, there to the end (laughs) is just like full throttle. It's one of my favorite scenes. Awesome. Yeah. I think I agree to a certain extent, like what I love about this movie and what anyone loves is that this movie is like so frenetic and like, it's just every moment is just like in your face and you're like, you're kind of from the perspective of, um, uh, who, who, I, I can't remember what Bradley Cooper's name is in it, but um you're you're from the perspective of him and so like everything is like kind of like wild and moving really fast you're living like you're in mania yeah Yeah. (laughs) and then it's manic and it and david o russell's really good at that and i'll talk a little bit about like how he visually tells his stories that works really well where i kind of have an issue with him david o russell in general and like what kind of pulls me out sometimes is he has his dialogue at times like is it's it's simultaneously like so creative and then also like really annoying like weird awkward pacing and the way that they're talking to each other and then really expositional dialogue so there's like a lot yeah. of scenes of like oh i haven't seen you since this time when you did this and this and i was like oh you're only explaining that for the audience and there's a lot of that in this movie and it's really weird cuz we don't i actually liked it more when there's like little like glimpses into what pat must have been like beforehand you know like they keep making the reference to him losing a lot of weight and and like the way that people interact with him and the way that he interacts with his family and understanding how as tyler put earlier like how the patriarch of this family has kind of manipulated everything all of the like emotional responses that his kids and his wife has so like i liked learning that without them having to tell me everything and sometimes I have a problem with that. I like half 
love the music and half hate it because I think mm. the soundtrack is really good, but I think David O. Russell has this issue. It really comes out in American Hustle where he mm. overpowers a scene with music to the point where I know it's in this one annoying. it's supposed to be like manic, but it's like so fucking loud and you can't hear it. So you have to keep adjusting your volume too much. and it yeah. always takes me out. Dang, dude, um, although I got to say... <laughs> All the, were you gonna say that in ear candy? Yeah. No, um, no, not in that one. Um, You'll see. Uh, but like, I love. I mean, there's even an Alt J song that I forgot was in yeah. this, and it's like a really like low key one that he finds. It's a really good one. Um, it's a great one. But above all, like, here's like the big positives of this movie. I mean, the comedy, as we said, it's just so like it's so fun to watch. This is a really rewatchable movie. Like, it's yeah. it's been popular on Netflix for like six years as it's been on there. All the Eagles stuff is super accurate. I went to school with a bunch of people from Philly. They are the worst fans. They're yeah. they are horrifying. Everyone is unhinged in that city. Um, not kidding. <laughs> I bet most wow. of the city is normal. And but we're not getting emails from anyone in Philadelphia either. I have to grease the just, polls. It's funny because I'm that. watching like the worst of Philadelphia by watching It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, this movie, and then sports with Philly fans. But the rest of the city is fine. Um, but the whole Eagles game, the tailgate <laughs> sequence is fucking electric with the yeah. music. And it leads into that scene that Nick mentioned where she chews out the dad. Um, all of them calling each other out about being crazy and like diagnosing themselves. Like when he's like, you have poor people skills, you have a problem. <laughs> <laughs> it's so like how he's unfiltered is so funny. And then, yeah, Chris Tucker makes like every, it, the, the running bit of Chris Tucker escaping from that, that <laughs> yeah, institution from with different excuses each <laughs> yeah. time, but being so like nice and courteous. <laughs> It keeps it fun. So I'm at like, I, I'm sorry to do this. I'm at a 5.5 because I'm really like in between those two. Wait, wow. I thought you said six. N- yeah. No, I said what would keep me, what would give me a six is there, but there's so many David O. Russell elements it. that push me out. Okay. Okay. May I retort Don't do to this to me while I'm yeah. counting, by the way, because yeah. I'm already awful at keeping track of oh, the Nick score. Oh, Nick is doing it. Don't do it. I got may, oh, thank God. May, may I retort yeah. with one thing, Gabe, to your point yeah. about David O. Russell and the music? I think, Allow me I think, to retort. Allow me to retort. Um, I think he uses it really well here. Like, it's it's not here to be, like, something pleasurable for the audience. He uses it as a tool to make you feel the emotions of the characters. Like, with, with, like starting with the whole thing where she's like, he's harassing me, he's harassing me. And my Sharia Moore slowly gets to a fever pitch. And, like, everything that's going on, you're supposed to feel confused. It's supposed to be overwhelming. It's supposed to feel manic. And even with, like... After the date where he walks her home and he goes inside screaming for his wedding video, the oh, music yeah. is so loud and he's freaking out and the music gets louder and louder and then the doorbell's ringing and he's like screaming. I think he just uses music super effectively to just convey emotion in this. And especially at the end where you don't know what the dance routine is going to be and they do this very passionate, really oh, nice dancing. Yeah. And, and then, then they do Jack like the White. rock out. Yeah. Like, yeah. And then, <laughs> uh, and I mean, maybe like, to your point, Tyler, like it's like it's effective because it's not fun to live in like a manic state. So like it is kind of frustrating. I can't hold it against this movie because I really like like when Paul Thomas Anderson does that. Like when we did punch drunk love, I talked about how the music kept getting louder and louder to make, put you on edge. So I agree. I'm going to move up to a six. That's a good enough argument for me there. Uh, There's a little bit of issues with the dialogue, but like it's such a fun movie that I have to give it more credit. Yeah. Uh, we got to talk about Garden State. Fuck yeah, Nicholas! You didn't officially do yours or give a score. I did. I did. I went to a six. 
Okay. Well, you're keeping track, right? Yeah. (laughs) All right. Let's move on to Garden State then. Nick, do you want to start off? Sure, I can start. I think that what you're talking about, Gabe, is there's what we were just talking about is there's like two different ways I think to like um, have the audience feel something. You can make them feel it, or you can encourage them gently to feel a certain way. And Garden State encourages you gently to mm-hmm. pay attention to the nuanced emotions of these characters and, and understand that this person is like feeling emotions now that he wasn't really ever feeling because he didn't really think about it because he was just gliding on a shitload of lithium through his entire life. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's like it's muted, like the whole Garden State super muted and, you know, uh, curated. Like the music is very specifically picked by the man that wrote it and is starring in it. Like one of the best soundtracks. Yeah, and I mean it's it's a different way of convincing the audience to feel a certain way. They're you're being gently goaded into feeling something instead of yeah. I mean, like if you turn the volume up, like like there's metaphor. There's like there's like uh, um, I guess metaphor in in the the music choices in Silver Lining Playbook. You're being told that this movie is like frenetic so you should feel that way mm-hmm. or this the song is frenetic you should feel that way or you know interjecting the white stripes in the middle of the you know the ballad that they've they're dancing to is a nice metaphor for how they feel in a manic state or you know so on and so forth garden state you're just the music is emotional music that is uh, um i don't know he picked because it made him feel something and it's encouraging you to do it the movie itself put me to sleep in the middle. It did, I think, the first time I watched it, and this time, I think it drags at a certain point, and mm-hmm. so I'm going to give it a five, just for me. Garden State's not the most like en- engrossing movie I've ever seen, um, but yeah, that's what I got. What did I, I just say, could I Layla? jump in, Layla? Because I... Um... Layla was going to say something. Oh, yeah. She kept going... I mean, I definitely... I had a thought. She kept going, you jump in, thought. Layla. Um, when Layla's about to say something, you hear her breathe first. I she did goes, hear yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's just I can't control myself. Um, I, it's a good cue for us. I like I, I. You're completely right, Nick. I just think that there is an important distinction to make that, like, you're watching Zach's character leave like numbness and start experiencing all the different like spectrum of emotion. So I just yeah. think the soundtrack and the way that that plays into it is like you're watching him experience. Mm sadness for the first time happiness for the first time in a very long time like it's it's just really different like i i personally don't necessarily love the soundtrack in silver linings because it is very intense and that's Mm -hmm. what you know manic behavior is and that's a lot in a movie um i just think they're really different so i think it's like it's more preference i feel like as opposed to like one's better than the other but anyways yeah i i mean i love the way nick uh described like the difference between how a soundtrack or a score like makes you feel something or encourages you. And I, and, and that is what is so beautiful about what Zach Braff does here. Um, Mm -hmm. He also like, I love the way he does like transitions in this movie. There's a lot of like really, really smooth edits because he's just meandering through life in this like fog Mm -hmm. and it kind of becomes more clear, clearly cut as the movie goes along. But like, you know, the beginning he's walking, he's, he's going into the restaurant and then he's like walking out of the restaurant. And then you see his like aunt, um, singing that uh, hilarious version of that. Like once 
twice, oh, three yeah. times a lady. So pitchy. Uh, it's oh. so great. Why did you just sound exactly like her? Because I, I have I have a Jewish family from New York. They all sound that way. Um, yeah, I I think that the movie is purposely like I think that Nick is like right that there is kind of a lull in it. I love this movie. It's something that I rewatch all the time. It's one of my favorite movies. But I think it's very purposely awkwardly paced. Um, and, and how he engages with each of the characters is supposed to be like bizarre and awkward and slow. Um, everyone just keeps saying such awful shit to him constantly. Like they're just revealing some like horrible shit, uh, that people shouldn't say out loud. And they're just constantly doing that to him. And it's so great to see him walking through that. But I do think like objectively this movie isn't, it's just not going to engage you as much as something like Silver Linings Playbook. And that's why that's such a popular movie. Um, Garden State is really well loved and it's culty for a reason. It's not for everyone. Um, I think once, I but once you get to the part where the romance really starts kicking off between him and Natty P and Natty P is so charismatic in this. Um, this is like one of my favorite Portman performances. So I, I'll talk about that in a bit, but Gabe also loves Natalie. Portman, I, like, Natalie P my girl. Um, <laughs> I just think that it becomes more fun, but also the emotional moments start hitting you hard. Like mm-hmm. when he reveals yeah, what happened to his mom, when they're by the fireplace, like that hits hard when he finally talks to his dad and like, gets mad at his dad i was like holy shit zach braff is really good at acting yeah um it's it's an incredible it's an incredibly written scene and like the like i've i felt so fucking numb for so long like but he's like i just want you to uh, know that it's okay and like we're allowed to be okay doesn't have to be good or bad Uh, for someone who hasn't experienced emotion like at all his whole life He's very emotionally intelligent. Yeah. yeah. That whole speech is really smart. It's so it's so smart and it's so cool like how clear it is. So I just I really there is like a lull, but once this movie like hits its stride, it's so pleasurable to watch. But I will also give it a five out of seven. Um, like Nick, because you know, like objectively speaking, I don't think this is the most engaging. And literally movie. wanted to fall asleep. Yeah. Both times. Both times it, it, I, I, even, time. I even fall out of it a little bit sometimes. All right. Tyler, what do you think? Yeah, it, it's hard to add anything else there. Um, I think one of the biggest things that Gabe touched on was just how the, the movie progresses in terms of his transitions, which I think is so smart. Like you start with like the dream sequence and then when he is driving, he like forgets to take out the gas canister and you can, yeah. he has yeah. it ripped off into yeah. the car. Yeah. You can tell he's just floating. And then also when he's like serving people and it's like the flight deck and he's like leaving. And, and yeah. I, I thought that was, that was super smart. Um, and then also just like the friends you meet from high school. It's kind of like my friends from like college and stuff. And like he meets this cop buddy who like became a cop because people actually listen to me now and I get yeah. laid and if I get shot, I'll be rich. Shut and the like, fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> it is so aggressive. Um, yeah. and, and I think, I think like that's, that's from, from an engaging standpoint, you're hundred percent right. I think like that's where you, you learn a bit more and you kind of, if you've been paying attention long enough, it is slow to start, but if you've been paying attention long enough, you realize you learn something new about these characters every single time. And that's what yeah. kept me going because a little bit more is revealed after every scene, even though it starts off slow and, and maybe the subject matter in the scene isn't the most engaging, like the, the conversation and what you learn about the characters kept it engaging for me. Yeah. Um, so you're telling me you were nice. in it. Yeah. Yeah. I was in it. Um, What'd you give it? 
I gave it a five. I gave it a five. And nice. and one of the other reasons I gave it a five for, like I was leaning four or five, but I, I also like it, his friend. Like you kind of see that like the buddy that they scream into the void with. Scars like you think, yeah, you think he's just Sorry. you think he's just kind of Sorry. a piece, you know, when you no. learn. Okay. Yeah. And then you figure out at the climax that actually he's not that bad of a dude. Well, he is a very bad dude, but still, he, he had the best intentions. He still so, I don't know. steals money from dead people. He still yeah, and he, everything is a scheme, but I love the way he describes it. A whole sequence, uh, by the way, where there are, like, stealing, uh, or it, actually, like, one of my favorite, like, just, like, montages is when they first go to that store and he returns the knives or whatever. And it's like a really funny mm-hmm. interaction oh, yeah. with the person. But then they like has that whole sequence where he's going to get the nitrous oxide t- uh, tank. You, you also forget he talks to his friend who's in like an MLM pyramid scheme. Like, yeah, oh, yeah. It's Carl. Oh God. And oh my God. He has, such, he has such <laughs> yeah. a funny line that is like, so like prescient before like, dude, he says, before pyramid um, schemes, before dude, yeah, yeah, before pyramid schemes got really big. Yeah. He's like, he says something like, uh, how big would pyramid schemes be if like, if just like hot girls were just prattling on about nothing. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, oh my God, that's like every pyramid scheme I know, in 2021. Started. Yeah. He's like, why is it always like the weird, awkward yeah, what, if, guys? what if a bunch yeah. of hot girls just prattle on about nothing? <laughs> And I was like, geez, oh that's... That's influencer society. Beach body, yeah. baby. All it's right. Um, so you guys talked a little bit about transitions and stuff, so I kind of want to start talking about eye candy. Ooh, um, so why don't we me? stay on Garden State and Gabe? Why don't you kick us off, obviously? Yeah, I, I fucking love this movie visually, and it's one of those... It was made with like a $5 million budget, and, you know, like the more I see these like huge budget movies that fucking blow visually i'm just so amazed by people (laughs) like zach graff and ari aster that can do so much with so little um i i think the shot like the shots that he does and the coloring are really cool there's that iconic shot with him like in front of the wallpaper uh with the like material that was made from the wallpaper (laughs) for like the shirt there's like the shot of them screaming into the void. There's so many like moments that you could just always visually remember. Like one of the ones I love is the the differences in filming when he's at the party. So first it's him on the couch and it's panning back and forth between the people next to him. But then they do that time lapse when everyone's doing drugs and they're all around him and like the girls like kissing his ear and stuff. And it's just like so fun again like as Layla said like the transitions the editing is so smooth um some of the scenes like that scene where they're going to get the uh the nitrous tank that is like filmed like a music video the music comes in and it's like a different hue and they're going into that room and it's so fucking cool um all that to say I I oh actually one more visual shot that's one of my favorites that really like pokes out the bizarre nature of this movie and like how his interactions are so bizarre is the shot when he goes to see the um neurologist and there's all the diplomas and stuff on the wall and then it pans up and there's one on the ceiling because he couldn't even like fit it in the room it's just like a good he's really good at visual comedy um in it and, and, and it's also beautiful I think, like, unfortunately, a lot of the movie visually also ages kind of poorly. It so feels like a 2003 movie. And I know the soundtrack is, like, purposeful to, like, be a time and place and and the moods and stuff. But I really feel like there are certain shots, like, 
the shot with the quarry with them screaming into it is really cool, but it's also kind of silly looking because it looks so fake. And then like the way it zooms out really quick is like such a 2003 like zoom. Um, it's a fun bad. I, yeah, exactly. It's like it's so it's so clearly to me when I watch it. It's like it's so clearly a, di- a directorial debut. Like, you know, this yeah. guy is trying to establish uh, yeah. so much <clears throat> and like get this visual yeah. uh, thing that really I'm sometimes shame. when you can see that. It's, really it's shame just... he didn't, crew didn't take off that way. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, that's, that's kind of it. But yeah, I, I really like his follow up movie, too. It wasn't as good. I uh, wish you were here or something like that. But uh, with Mandy Patinkin. But there's like really cool Mandy. visual shots in that. So, yeah, I give it a five uh, out of seven. Five. Yeah. Okay. Nicholas. Since you're uh, talking over there. <laughs> I also gave it a five. Chit chatter, dude. I uh I do I the only thing I, I had on my notes was to to talk about how the void scene is really popular, but it looks goofy. Mm-hmm. And and also the costuming is unique but odd and very two thousands and also like Natalie Portman's everything she wears is just confusing. It looks like a 2000s. That's the early like, 2000s for you, yo. Yeah, it is. Women it kind of looks like either a 2000s like after school special or like a DUI <laughs> training video with like, the way. Yeah, it. yeah. It's like, or Degrassi. <laughs> That's like such a good way. To what do we put her in? Stripes. Okay. Yeah. Any just yeah stripes with a co- collar. Yeah, <laughs> collared shirt, stripes, uh, jean shorts or jean yeah. jean skirt. It's just Literally like very like the early 2000s. haphazard and yeah, I guess it's an early 2000s thing, but it's distracting <laughs> and weird to me and I don't like it. Um, so I went five. That's yeah, like PTSD. Great. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> what do you think? Um, I I went with a you know I I went with a five as well. That truthfully, I went with a five as well. And, and the reason being is like to, to every, all the points that Gabe made about just like the certain shots you you missed one though that i thought was really funny gabe when she's talking about the dead hamster and you go outside and there's all these little like stones oh, yeah. on their little pet cemetery it's so <laughs> fun don't worry yeah. don't worry like so they're many. mostly fish yeah yeah don't <laughs> <laughs> i love his I, line in that scene too he's like had a little trouble with the wheel and she's like that's not funny <laughs> and, really and then she proceeds yeah, to say stops, i'm sorry yeah. i take the wheel out of the cage yeah. and you died on it yeah. um no i i thought those scenes were great i also really like the shots that he did that also just kind of convey his loneliness like there's that shot where all the friends are jumping into the pool and like natalie mm-hmm. portman's character immediately gets in with his friends and he's it's just standing shot. there by himself and you just kind of feel it's an that. iconic shot That's it really is shot. yeah yeah and and to gabe's point and you, you kind of you kind of killed it for me, but you're 100% right. You can tell this is a directorial debut because there's so many shots like that that he was trying to fit. But there there are so many great ones too, and it also feels a little aged. But there, there's ones like that, and there's ones for me like the, the Abyss uh, scene. And um, also them sitting in a bit large empty house because his friend discovered silent Velcro. I love that shot when they're just sitting around the fireplace right before he tells his friends <laughs> yeah. about the there's whole some situation. Good, just mom. peeling it. There's some great yeah. visual comedy too when they shoot the flaming arrow up into the sky and they're all like moving out of the way. And the way they do that is so funny before she like tugs on her ear. To all, but there's like a couple things like that scene and then the way that he like ha- like acts as if he is unable to swim that don't really look like real believable yeah. they're not yeah. like they're not really like blocked out well you know they just don't look right yeah they look like people acting it's just like a different comedy than what's been happening right so right, I just right, feel right. Like it yeah there's really definitely some of that well. happening 
And to that um, point, that humor itself, yeah. like in the visuals, just feels a bit aged. But I mean, I still yeah. love it. I, I think it's That's just, right. yeah. So I'm a five. I'm a five. Okay, great. Uh, yeah, I also love the shots of them on the little motorbike. Like oh, when yeah, the three yeah. of them are yeah. off around together, all the little shots they cut back to of that's really great. Um, yeah, so let's move on to silver linings. Uh, Tyler, do you want to keep talking? Uh, sure. Ooh, I'm wondering where I'm going to fall on the scale with you guys. Um, so so for silver linings, like there's, there's a lot of elements that I really liked about it, but there's nothing that was really super spectacular from my candy standpoint. I mean, like everything that I mentioned earlier about some of the scenes, like in, in one of my favorites is in front of the theater where she's yelling, he's harassing me. And you get that really tight, yeah. close camera angle on his face and you see people pushing him and he's like starting to experience those, those emotions just that you can tell he's, he's, he's trying to breathe. Um, I love that shot. I also love, uh, there's one other where she's, Oh, the the scene where he's retelling the story of what he's discovered his wife was cheating on him and it's like the very frantic you know frantic pan, uh, camera pan you see the, the panties and you hear the music and then you just see her back and then you just see flashes of him punting punching an old guy in the face and it's yeah. like i don't know just certain elements of those shots stick with me um but is it like the most visually stimulating thing I've ever seen? Not necessarily, but for, for what it is, I, I really like it. Um, and so I, I give it a five, just above average. Yeah. All right, Gabe. Yeah, I. so it's interesting because I think David O. Russell is kind of like Darren Aronofsky. Like they're both like really good at handheld shots. Like the way, yeah, okay. they, you know how Darren Aronofsky, if you watch like, Black Swan and The Wrestler, there's those shots that follow behind the characters as they're walking. Like, it's a really common shot he does. There's Mm -hmm. a lot of that in this, or, like, really close up. It's moving around the house. It's moving to each of the characters. So it's all, like, you could tell it's, like, yeah, where he's running. You could tell it's all handheld. I think it's really cool when they do that at the theater as well, because it's following them, and then it's around them, and then you feel claustrophobic. He's smart with that. I think... um, you couldn't tell this story without getting close up to these characters' faces. Um, it's just so important to understand, especially Bradley Cooper. And, and like the yeah. amount that he's able to convey is just incredible. And it's so great to have a camera that close up to see that. Um, I love the, he has this like shot that he does a couple times where it's a zoom in, like from behind, it's like right behind the character. And then the character turns around and the camera just zooms into their face. He does it when he goes outside and discovers that she wrote the letter, um, where it's like coming uh, to his brain. Um, the dance, I, I think, uh, Russell, uh, David O. Russell is like really good at montage. Like the fighter has one of my favorite like training sequences um, when they keep using that, like how you like me now song. And in this, all the dance scenes are like mesmerizing. They're so fun. They get so close to their faces. They're moving around. It's like flying around the room. It's fun. Um, I think where I have an issue is he, his editing is like really obnoxious. Like there's a lot of really hard cuts and I know it's supposed to be part of this like frenetic energy, but they just look yeah. weird. And they it keeps happening. It happens multiple times with a book, like when he throws the book out of the window or when she puts the book outside, there's like a hard cut to the book being placed outside when she does it. And it's just like there's too much editing and it's clunky and it hurts the pacing, I think, in this movie. So like visually I have an issue with that, but I, I really like what David O. Russell does. It's like maybe my outside of having just incredible casts every time 
usually starring Jennifer Lawrence. Um, he's just, he kills it with uh, filming. So I'm going to give it a five out of seven, but pretty close to giving it a six, honestly. Interesting. I'm kind of surprised by that. Nicholas? I also gave it a five. I think that everything Gabe said makes a lot of sense to me. Like, I, it's not the most, I know that it's not the most, like, visually stimulating, you know, like Tyler said, or, like, the most, like, technically sound, maybe, like, movie. But there's a lot about it, uh, you know, there's a lot, let's go back to the costumes, because that's what I pay attention to. There's a lot in the way that they're dressed that tells you a lot about their characters, too. There's actually so parts true. of Jennifer Lawrence's character that they muted. Again, Harvey Weinstein. Um, yeah, but she's so sexy in it. Oh, that's probably Harvey Weinstein. Yeah. Oh. See, she's supposed to be more Dude. goth. She's also supposed <laughs> to be like 35. Wow, you just like set the trap and then like fell I know. right Yeah. It. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I mean, in David O. Russell's defense, he asked her to gain weight. I'm, I'm imagining that she lost weight for a different film and he was like go ahead and you do whatever you want because mm. that wouldn't be you know this character Hunger Games? probably i don't know when that was if it was it was probably right around this huh mm-hmm. but yeah i mean there's there's a lot to be said about the characters by the way that things look particularly in pat's family home mm. you know um and in the way yeah, that the family dynamics are yeah fun. and in the way that yeah. pat's like well, the way that he dresses really speaks to the way that his brain works, too. Mm-hmm. Like, why are you wearing that so I can sweat? It's like, why do you need to sweat, dude? You're not cutting weight. But he's probably got some crazy reason for it that makes sense to him. He's been, he was like Well, I mean, he's not cutting weight to like, I mean, like losing, sweating doesn't make you lose fat. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like he's not trying to like weigh in at a certain weight for a fight. Yeah, that's true. There's, there's no actual reason for it, but like, there's got to be so that. I kept thinking about that. Like, there's some reason why he thought that a jersey was a good idea to wear to this party. Of course, you were thinking about that while you were watching it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's got to be some reason he actually thought that a jersey would have been a good idea. You don't, they don't tell you why he thought that was a good idea, but there's something there, and it says something about that character. So, I mean, I gave it a five. I don't think it's, you know, genius, but it's above average. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sad none of you acknowledge the choreography of their dance. Because uh, uh, yeah. I do just think that that dance itself visually <laughs> remarkable. It's so great. Never going to forget it. It's so yeah. fucking yeah. awkward when she jumps into his face. Into his yes. face. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's so funny they practiced that for so long, and that's what they ended up with. Like, that's the position they wanted to go to. Perfect. But I think then they, it's like she, really messes, beautiful she messes she like it up, down. isn't she? Yeah, she does. Yeah. But then it's like a really cute moment when he like slowly brings her down. Like, it's a, it's a good yeah. visual moment. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay, great. Let's, uh, let's move on to the category I have been most anticipating and excited about actoring. Um, let's do it. Let's just, let's stay with silver linings because I want, I'm so curious. Uh, Nicholas. I read, I read a review before or maybe during the movie. Did you now? Yes. And it said, it was not a good review of silver linings. It was pretty critical. And it said there was a line in there about Bradley Cooper struggling to remain naturalistic. Oh my god! In his performance, what? And I what? couldn't stop seeing it. Oh, what? I, I don't know what you're explain. Seeing. 
Yeah. I couldn't stop <laughs> seeing it. It's it's what you were talking about is about the way that the lines are delivered. Mm. If you if you I don't know. There's something about reading that and then watching it. I was like, oh shit, he, that's right. This is not his best. This is not his best performance. No, mm, no. I wouldn't. I wouldn't even say it's Star maybe. It's not even 100%. his top. It's not even a top five Bradley Cooper performance. Oh, I don't know about that. That's crazy. I don't. What is in his top five? <laughs> I don't think it is because he is. He seems to. There's a way that he delivers the lines. Sometimes it really works, and it's like that kind of like abrasive. Like, just like jarring honesty of the character, and it works. And then there's other times where it does not. See, it's it. You're. It, it doesn't seem natural. It doesn't seem like it makes a lot of sense for him to even be saying this in this moment. Hot take. I, I really hmm. don't. I really think that there's something to whatever that person who wrote that article that was otherwise not something I agree with that. That it it makes sense, and I think it's I need to probably it's probably the way that he's trying to deliver lines, like you said, Gabe, that are not natural things for someone to say, and are also being delivered by someone who is not, mentally. uh, you know, mentally the most yeah. well off person that's ever lived, right? You know, and there's there's a lot going on there for an actor that even of Bradley Cooper's caliber. I'm sure he. There were some things. And Brad, yeah, it's very please, my, please, my like, guy, write yeah. in. Let us know. B, B Coops. What up? <laughs> but I think there's something there. Otherwise, uh, so I gave it. I gave it a five. I did not give it a six. I don't. I. I want to say Jennifer Lawrence is amazing. Uh, Jackie. Jackie Farts. Weaver. Weaver. I want to say Fisher. It's sitting right in front of me on this computer screen. She. Is my favorite actor in this entire movie. Whoa, dude, she has wow. so much nuance there, dude. Just yeah. like she's so good. The life Animal that Kingdom. woman must li- must lead. And I do not like Robert De Niro's performance. He's just playing Robert De Niro. Oh no, wrong. Okay, let me jump in oh. here. Um, I actually really disagree. Uh, with that wrong. As well. the, this oh. is a disagree. I have seen oh. at least I don't know forty movies with Robert De Niro. This is one of my favorite performances by him by like a long shot. I think it is what you were talking about in terms of like how nuanced Jackie Weaver is. I just think he nails this like rage. In such a like natural way, it doesn't even feel like Robert De Niro being himself for me personally. I don't. I like. I was kind of. I was blown away by him. And honestly, this year I'll, I'll talk about it with like Bradley Cooper as well. Like this year was a really tough Oscar year. But like, I've always had an issue with Christoph Waltz winning for Django Unchained because he's so good in Inglorious Bastards. I don't think that his Django Unchained performance is, is Oscar winning worthy. And he won that year. And I was like, I remember at the time I really wanted it to be either Philip Seymour Hoffman for the master or Robert De Niro or Tommy Lee Jones and Lincoln. And I just, so anybody else, but I, I just <laughs> literally, any other. but I kept talking about Robert De Niro's one. I was like, holy shit, he hasn't done a role like this in so long. And it, yeah, it is so unique. Um, it's really weird how much Shea Wiggum looks like him, and I, they should do way more movies together. The guy plays his, uh, the older brother. Um, for me, this is the movie where it's like B. Coops is establishing he's like fucking here. Like this is going to be a big actor that we're going to have to pay attention to for a long time. Like he had his movie stardom in The Hangover, but you really like, and Limitless, but you really get in this one that this guy is like, 
just has so much talent. Um, I love, I personally, it works for me how much he doesn't have like a social awareness and no filter. I think it's really funny to see him deliver these lines. He's such a handsome person that is just saying such like awful shit. Um, I'm going to be, I'm going to have to bring this up on every podcast where it's relevant, but I'm going to be furious if he doesn't have an Oscar simply because of Rami Malek from Bohemian Rhapsody. Cause that was like, oh. that was the year Bradley Cooper should have won. And if it wasn't going to be yep. him, it would have been yep. Christian Bale. But this year, it, totally understandable. He didn't win. This is the most stacked category I've ever seen for the Oscars. Daniel Day Lewis wins for Lincoln over Bradley Cooper in this Denzel in flight which is my favorite Denzel performance outside of Training Day, Joaquin in The Master, which oh, is geez. insane, yeah. and Hugh Jackman in Les Mis, who's fucking incredible in Les Mis. Mm. Um, good year. Okay, <laughs> we'll move on from that. Jennifer Lawrence. <laughs> I think Jennifer Lawrence peaked in this movie, and I don't know if she's ever going to return to it. This no, is like... She's so good in American Hustle. I feel but like she doesn't is, want to. I don't think she wants it. She has a big movie coming out yeah. next year. And you know that, what? And like, a lot of people no, don't I think talk she about this. She eats, she, eats like a, she eats pizza. Did you guys know that? Yeah, she's really cool yeah, because she know? eats pizza. Yeah. Um, she's a normal girl. She's a normal girl who eats pizza. I think like... And she peaks. I think Layla was talking about it. Like, Yeah, you were talking about it earlier about how unique the character <laughs> is. I'm just going to fucking pass over. Do you guys all hate J-Law? Jeez. No, no. I, <laughs> oh my God. They're making like, fun of me. Oh, because... Yeah, because J-Law is like... She had those interviews where everyone was like, oh, she's so fucking interesting and quirky because she likes things. like Pizza. Yeah. Um, she's so fucking it's in her eyes in this movie there's like little moments where it zooms into her face and you could see so much in her eyes and she's so fucking good it's such a deserving oscar um it was great tyler you're probably going to talk about this do you know that chris tucker has only been in 12 movies he's officially credited in only 12 movies I didn't know Chris that, but I knew, it was, I knew it was very... 11, the of, last... them, 11 of them are, are Rush Hour sequels. No, or Friday. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, or Friday, yeah. Um, he, his, this is his last movie besides Ang Lee's, like, Billy, Bobby's long fucking walk to freedom or whatever that bullshit movie <laughs> was. Um, he's incredible in this. Uh, and then lastly, John Ortiz and Julia Stiles in really small roles. They're both just fucking phenomenal. Yeah. It's yeah. it's such a so stacked great. cast. I'm giving it a six out of seven. I'm I'm pretty close to a seven. I do think Bradley Cooper has been better in things. Tyler. <laughs> Sorry, long so I, Tyler. I, it, it's no, it's all good. I uh, I rewatched this movie very recently, and well, obviously in preparation for this, but it's like my 25th time, something ridiculous. And I immediately texted Gabe and was like actoring it's game over like this is a seven <laughs> and it is like and here are the reasons why you guys are making really good points about bradley cooper um and so i'll start there like are they i'm sorry. Yeah. i the said thing nothing is, but positive things about it i, I, I like know i know other movies. but but the point being is that like this was Go his introduction this was him kicking yeah. in the door and like showing sure. the range that the man has. And to your point, he does make very awkward statements where he's talking to her and he's like, no, your husband's dead. That's weird. That's confusing. Why would you say that? And like <laughs> the way and, he said, yeah, that, the way he delivery himself so well, yeah. it just, and, and then, and then like the progression, like where he's talking to the family and he's like, and my friend, I think this is a, a bird that has a broken wing and right now it's getting mended and you need to let that happen for her. And, oh, yeah. and then the progress into like, where hundred percent like the scene where they're talking about when he gets kicked out of the game and he's like, dad, this is a sickness. This is gross. Dad, you need to do something. About it. I mean, I just, 
I think it's great. Um, I think I think the way he portrays it and the way it, it progresses throughout the movie all the way to the finish where he like surprises her with a letter saying I wrote that a week ago. I love you. Like it just I, I think the acting's great on his part. Um all support supporting cast, like uh Jackie Weaver, you mentioned Julia Stiles, um, his buddy, they they all are great in their own moments and I don't think any of them really pulls away from it. There's not one person like, Whoa, that was that was terrible acting. Like they all totally add to the scenes and they just create like a much better dynamic for having delivered what they delivered. And they don't pull away from any of the other ones too. Like Robert De Niro, two scenes. One, when he, you're hundred percent right, Gabe, like that anger where he pulls off the shirt and you can see him starting to lose his cool. Like you blew it. You fucking blew it. And you just see the anger and he's starting to lose it. And like, and then just the transition back to, well, wait a second. I like that deal. I like that parlay. Let's do it. And, And it just, it's so good. And I read somewhere too the scene where he goes up and sits next to to Pat in the bed, Bradley Cooper. He's like talking to him, and he's crying, and he's like saying, "Maybe I didn't spend enough time with you, you know? Like I, I just I should have spent more time with you, like I did with your brother." And uh, I read somewhere apparently like he was trying to channel his own conversations he wished he had with his sons or something of that nature. I don't know. I thought that scene was and super that was powerful. like ad libbed, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, it was ad libbed. Yeah. yeah, and and he just starts crying. He's like, "I wish I would have spent more time with you." And like you read that, and you're like, "Oh man, like that." Ooh. And and then the final scene where he's like telling him, he's like, "I know you don't listen to me because I didn't listen to my father very much either." But let me tell you something: that girl loves you, and you need to go out there. And I don't know what you feel right now, but she loves you right now. And that the best, it's just so good. Sorry, yeah. um, it's it's great. And <laughs> and uh, yeah, J Law, she really sells soullessness. Like in the beginning, where Gabe mentioned, like it zooms into her eyes, and she just looks like just nothing's there. And the way she just personifies that all the way to where she starts falling in love, and you can see the jealousy coming out. I just. I think actoring is great. I think everything, everybody in this, no one detracts from it. I'm just gushing at this point, so I, I gave it a seven. No, oh, and they all got nominated for a reason. It was that's you know, yeah, a yeah, yeah. Um, I'm going to speak just a tiny bit about this cat- this category as well. Um, not allowed. Speaking to De Niro, I have like a weird thing with like father characters and how they're written in movies. Most of the time, I don't feel like there's a lot of father characters where I'm just like. I can identify with that or I love that or I see that and I like think that's real. I felt that way watching De Niro as a father in this movie. Like I there is something so genuine about him in these scenes and I don't even think it's just the writing. I think it's the way he portrays his face in so many of the moments and there are times where I'm like like seen my dad react to things that way and it's like uncanny. So I think he's remarkable in this. But also when we talk about acting, we talk about writing as well. Yeah. And I just think it's important to acknowledge Jennifer Lawrence's like writing in this in this movie and like the the grief that she's experiencing and the way that she conveys her grief, because I just feel like there is a stereotype about women around these types of things and the mental health of women and that they become demure or depressed or that they can't get out of bed and like she's, you know, experiencing her emotions in very real and raw ways and I it's incredibly amazing and there's a reason you know people fell in love with her character and it's a in huge part the female character that they wrote and she did a remarkable job bringing it to life uh so speaking of you know female great characters let's go on to garden state tyler do you want to kick us off for garden state yeah so um actually for garden state i i it it goes again the similarities between the two, but just the the individual characters. Um, despite what Nick 
Nick, your personal opinions about Zach Braff. I love Scrubs, and I know that's much oh, to the chagrin. Oh, mute it all. And Nick. Mute I love Scrubs. That's but... the original thing that made me and Nick close friends. <laughs> your hatred of Scrubs. Sucks. Yeah. But but let me let me let me add. There, there's a reason oh why I made that statement. It's because I love Scrubs in high school. I watched it all the time. It was a good thing. Just put on and like it's dumb comedy, but it was still you know it was uplifting in a very stressful time. But I then turn on this movie and you see the contrast between like what Zach Braff does in Scrubs to what he does here and even the progression throughout the film. Yeah. I was blown away. I was like, oh. It's a great distinction for sure. Right? (laughs) Because that's what he was known for. He was like, oh, this funny, goofy guy in Scrubs. And then you you (laughs) you see this range that he expresses here in this movie. And I think it's great. I think a lot of the emotional scenes he delivered super well. Um, and Natalie Portman as well, where she just comes in as such a stark contrast to him and just being goofy in the waiting room. And she like slowly reveals she lies about a bunch of different stuff. And she isn't as forthcoming in her own disease when it comes to like the whole thing with epilepsy. And she delivers that super well. Um, and yeah, so what I ended up doing for this, uh, for Garden State, I gave actoring um, – a six because I think for not for a movie that it has not a lot going on outside of what we discussed with eye candy, like the acting is what carries this through as you learn more about these characters and how they progress and how they evolve in front of you. So uh, I give it a six for hmm. sure. That's great. Um, Gabe, I'm going to have you go, but also I feel like this is just, that's just Natalie Portman in real life. Is it not? Cause I just feel no, like that's who she is in real life. No, that's I how know. I imagine her. <laughs> Cause I, I, I think she's love, moodier than that. I love yeah. Natalie Portman. Yeah. And then I watched her. She's hot so ones weird. And I was like, <laughs> she's so like not interesting. I thought she was going to be this quirky and weird. Cause I've just like garden state is such a, like a foundational movie for my like love of Natalie yeah. Portman. And she's, it's, it's really like, she is by far the standout of this movie. Like it's remarkable how good she is in this movie, considering that it's just this small, like indie dramedy, like that part would have otherwise been like, she would have been quirky or something, but there's something so real about what Natalie Portman does. And, and the moments where she's like, Oh, that was weird. I shouldn't have said that. You're like totally freaking out. You want to go, right? Like you're totally freaking out. Like she's so good at that rapid dialogue and that mm-hmm. un- the uncomfortability. And then I can't even speak. Gabe's just so um, in love. Look at it. And then yeah. <laughs> the, <laughs> seriously. And then like, the emotional moments, she's so fucking good in that airport scene. I mean, like, like the crying is so real. Like, yeah. she's she's one of the great ones. Fuck uh, Emma Stone for winning over her too. Oscars just don't get it right in my book. Um, they do not. I also do not like Zach Braff in general because of Scrubs, but I really think he nails this, and I think he. Oh, but the breadth of his work is so vast and nuanced. <laughs> Uh, but, but he's so like Largeman is such a good character and he writes it so well and he directs himself so well, which is just like really impressive for his directorial debut to be starring in it and like be that great. Um, I think the, where it really stands out is how he reacts to Natalie Portman, like the, when she does weird stuff and like how patient he is and like how he's like responding it's to so it. It's so genuine. It's oh so genuine. God. I really love my him. My heart in, melts. Yeah. I love him in the scene where he like really wants to watch the ice skating video. And then the mm-hmm. mom is like, it's do like, you, she's like, all right, come on. Uh, you're coming in for a hug. And she's like, mom. And he's like, I'll take a hug. Like, it's such a, like a real, he's, he's really good in it. And, um, it's a good hug too. 
It's yeah, a great yeah, hug. Yeah. Um, I love Peter Sarsgaard. Um, mm-hmm. It's kind of wild to see like him in this and then know that he ends up being a villain in Green Lantern and it's just fucking poop garbage. But uh, <laughs> he is a great... <laughs> he, the Yellow Lantern? No, Poor he's dude. the brain guy. Like his head oh, is yellow exploding. Yeah. I love the way he inserts and in shit into like every part of his lantern. conversation. What'd you say? Sorry. What'd you say? Nothing. Keep going, Gabe. <laughs> um, I love the way he inserts like and shit in a. He's like he he's famous like De Niro and shit. Like he's an actor. Like, <laughs> like this is oh shit. He, he's Jersey's De Niro. Shit. Yeah, Jersey's De Niro. <laughs> Jersey's De Niro. The scene in the morning with Gene Smart and uh, fucking Sheldon, who I I hate. <laughs> yes, I the guy Sheldon. Sheldon is is so good. <laughs> It's when such he, when he's like when he's walking get the, through the fuck oh, out yeah. of my house or whatever and <laughs> he like, gets the, the Klingon shit. Um, it's um. so good. I I love the way he interacts with Gene Smart. Gene Smart is is like really powerful in such a small scene. Like how much she loves her son, <laughs> but she's also just like kind of this like trailer trash mom. Uh, one thing I have to mention: every time I rewatch this movie, I'm blown away by what Anne Dowd looks like in it. Because, like, Ann Dowd becomes this, like, big actress in, like, The Leftovers and, uh, uh, what's the fucking famous one? Uh, The Handmaid's Tale. And she just doesn't look like that. Like, she's, like, it's, like, jarring to see her as the mom in this. You almost forget that that's her. Um, and I gotta bring him up because Layla, um, Mm. Layla was talking about him, but... Uh, Ian Holm, Bilbo from Lord of the Rings. Bilbo. He's like Bilbo. fucking incredible in this movie. It's such a random casting and I love like how small he is and like where he like shows up and he's like, sorry he's to scare Bilbo. you. And then when he like scares him in his bed, he's really great. And I love the little interactions <laughs> with the little character, like random characters. You mentioned the hardware store guy who's great. The cop is so great. Um the master da- the masturbating dog's name is Pesci. I saw that in the credits. <laughs> Pesci. It said masturbating dog. Pesci. <laughs> uh, I'm giving it a five out of seven. Um, Natalie Portman almost brings the whole thing up, but I think it is above average for what it is. What did you give it, Tyler? Six. I gave it a five as well. I, I thought five. you gave it a six. Uh, I gave it a five. Okay. I gave it a six. Liar. Because Zach Braff sucks, but this is the only good thing he's ever done, and I really like it, and uh, I'm going to wash my mouth out with soap after this for complimenting both his writing, well, all three, his writing, directing, and acting, probably because he wrote and directed it, are fantastic. They are muted and nuanced and genuine and natural. Hey, this is his peak. So, like, he's downhill from here. You know? Yeah. Two thousand four. I was downhill. No, I'm like, I'm saying it's okay for you to say all of this. He is directing his girlfriend in a new movie. I think coming out next yeah. year. Uh, yeah, it's a weird relationship. No one mm-hmm. likes it. There, he's like twenty five years older than her. Uh, but he does do he so does give better. a nuanced and beautiful performance in this role, and it it touched me. He's like De Niro. Just like he day. touches Florence Pugh. Jersey's De Niro. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Nick. <laughs> oh, man. Damn it. <laughs> um, 
Okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> so moving on. Speaking of all of these very current things, um, let's talk about legacy, boys. Oh, let's talk segue. about legacy. Queen over here. Uh, yeah, you made it easy for me. Um, who saying. wants? I'm going to leave it up to you, boys. Uh, who wants to talk about Garden State's legacy I'll first? Go. Yeah, Gabe. Do it, Gabe. I have one really negative thing. The art, the R word scene is just <laughs> oh, not yeah. good, and it goes yeah. for a really long time. And it's kind of wild. It's in there because it's, it's just so... not. Well, they keep going back to it. They keep bringing it up. Yeah. Uh... Wait, why is it wild? I feel like that was a very used it term. No, it definitely was a used yeah, term. It it's wild how much it's in this movie. It's like yeah. just keeps going in that scene where she's talking about him as the quarterback. It definitely feels weirdly uncomfortable how often it's happening. Yeah, it, sure. it, yeah. It, just, it, it just didn't need to be in there. I think it's like kind of funny the way that she's describing his acting because it sounds like it's a really shitty movie but or show, but she like really l- loves his performance in the way that yeah. like she describes it. It's almost like she loves saying that though. Yeah, like there's weird. there's something weird about her <laughs> she does. delivery she really as well. relishes <laughs> so, yeah, the word. It's, it's yeah. weird because there's other <laughs> moments like there's like i don't <laughs> think so anything true. else Fuck. in the movie is problematic there's the no. moment where he's like here's my deep secret and then he's like what you're gay like even that is like it's told for like a real he's a ch- peter sarsgaard is a really childish they're just dude from yeah home. he's just a freaking doofus that makes sense it's just that the our word scene kind of is weird but um i like this movie a lot it is a cult classic it's not like i can't really give it a really high legacy it did do really it it was like a a surprise hit you know it it was made off of two million dollars and then made 35 million it it became this like popular thing i think more and more people are watching it i like it a lot but i got to be like pretty objective about this i don't think it's like everyone's favorite i know uh, some people really really like it and that's what makes it a cult favorite i think the soundtrack may be more popular than the movie that's my hot take um, I'm wow. gonna give it keeping a, it alive. I'm gonna give it a four yeah. out of seven. I think it's average, uh, but a I like four? it a lot. Yeah, I think the soundtrack My makes God. it a five alone. Uh, I might do five. Thank yeah. you. So I'm giving it. I, so I'm. Giving I mean, it this a is five. one of my favorite movies. I just don't think Garden State <laughs> has this like great legacy. I I think that it has. It is very popular. Everyone knows what Garden State is. Mm. Like not, I don't think everyone like everyone. has watched it the whole way through. Right. Maybe. Yeah. But, like, I think they know like a scene from it, or like knows about Zach Braff. But that images that, from that the movie, scene, sure. she just really loves. She goes it. in on it. I am giving it a the five out of seven she... because of the J Cole thing. I, I that is to... funny. Oh, the part where that's... she says, the part where she says R word Oscar, crack kind of cracked me up. Though. Oh yeah, funny. Like, oh, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. Okay. Five. Is that, for is you that it, well. Nick? Yeah. Yeah, that's it. Okay, know. Tyler. <laughs> Um, yeah, I, I, uh, I gave it a five. Uh, I, I started at a four, but then I realized like just opening statement alone. I mean, I watched it in 2010 because I, at the point at the time realized, oh, I graduated high school and I heard this is kind of like a, a cult classic and it came out in 2003. So like that alone just kind of, it was an indication to me that it's definitely above average in terms of legacy. Um, and we'll probably stick around for a lot longer. I think Kayla, uh, Layla, you said it, um, earlier on, like uh, when it comes to like, kind of like a, a cult classic growing up story for a generation. Uh, obviously, The Graduate is a little bit removed, obviously a classic, but not something we would generally identify with. Whereas 
we understand all the music and and the notions of going back home and meeting it's a friends. Timestamp and yeah, yeah, totally yeah. timestamp yeah. of our generation a lot. And, <laughs> and, and family and like the shins, like where she like actively mentions mm-hmm. the shins, and I'm like, wow, I haven't heard the shins in a while, and I like immediately started mm-hmm. downloading a bunch of songs from the new slang was one of my uh, my. You just, songs. Did you forget them all on LimeWire? Or, uh, <laughs> I did at the time. Just yeah, aging ourselves. <laughs> no, the pink one, uh, the song that has like pink in the name in the title. That was one of my MySpace songs. Oh, MySpace song. Also, Oof. I need to clarify something, Tyler. Uh, you made this mistake only because I said it a million times. It, it came out in 2004. So if anyone's like listening to this, well, and like, fuck you guys. I said it. Noobs. like you said I said it. Okay, like 10 times. so yeah. I did see 2004, but then I, I assumed you were correct and foolish. Yeah, don't. Me. That yeah. is very foolish. Never do that. Yeah, naive. <laughs> he's almost naive, <laughs> my friend. He just thinks he's right. We let him think it. Um, all right um wait, yeah continue to- <laughs> real, real quick yeah so so beyond all that like definitely think like anybody that's into film or like likes watching movies in general will definitely have heard of this movie and will have watched yeah. it so that's where the legacy has to be. it has to be pulled up a bit you know because it is a great movie um you, the questionable things you guys mentioned with the uh the qb scenes but also like it was also kind of message of the times with her brother too that kind of irked me a bit like uh, to Tembe and how like they donated money and then all of a sudden he shows up into oh, a university. I'm so glad you're bringing yeah. this up because I was going to yeah. if you did He's didn't. used to wanting to live with his family so he just like calls them up and move in and like I get it he's like trying to showcase the quirkiness of that scenario and the family and their willingness to do so but still like this white savior kind of thing going on which I just oh, irked me yeah. a bit. And they I, have it, him say the uh, line, peace out, player. Yeah. Like, and like, what? I was like, uh, yeah. <laughs> not so great. gross. Uh, Just like yeah. the epitome of like the problem with says, like savior adoption. Yeah. When yeah. he says peace out, player, I was like, wait, did he say something like that earlier? I and, didn't get, yeah. And, I don't know and now like, it's like a call, like why did he say that well, that way? Well, it's also, he just flipped the lid. Like initially it was kind of like, oh, he's the older brother and then Zach Braff gets nervous because he doesn't want to connect with his eyes and then he makes that statement the next scene you see him and you're like, wait, just pretty, just really hollow It's just like, it would have been so much better too if they straight up had just like, this is my brother and had this cute moment between all of them and left it at that. The fact yeah. that they go upstairs and she's like, oh, well, we wanted to help people. So we started donating money and we did this and this. It's like, why did that? Why did that whole dialogue yeah, need to be right. in there whatsoever? It didn't help me understand <laughs> her and her mother at all. I didn't care about that. Like, just leave it at it's her brother. Like, yeah. there's some story there. That's great. It, yeah. <laughs> and no. And, and, and yeah. So that's the one thing. And it just it, it felt like it was just a tool to showcase the quirkiness of the family at the expense of, you know, this very uh, person of color. Gesture. Yeah. 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 This, yeah. hundred <laughs> um, percent. The only thing I did find funny uh, <laughs> was uh, how they introduced his buddy, the cop. Again, I mentioned this earlier. And like oh, his geez. reasons for wanting to be a cop. And like, he's like, dude, you were doing, you were doing uh, lines in the urinal bathroom. He's like, yeah, man, I had to get my life together. So I uh, became a cop. People listen to me more often now. It's like, he's like, how did I do? Well. <laughs> yeah. thing? And he's like, when I was like, put your motherfucking hands in the air. Um, Uh, all right okay so let's move on to let's finish off with silver linings playbook uh nick do you want to start sure uh i gave it a six i was nominated Hmm. for lots of stuff everyone loves it because it's on netflix and easily accessible to everybody uh j-law won her award for it and it's generally positively viewed by critics and uh, uh, viewers. So six. Yeah, 
What a review. <laughs> that, I, no, that's like exactly what it, I, I mean, mean. I don't know. There's the nothing Netflix like in it that is, ages poorly. Or... I think the Netflix of it is the most important part. Like, yeah. I, this movie yeah. like might be the, the most popular that's e- popular movie that's ever been on Netflix. Like it's always on the popular list on Netflix. Probably What's more US. popular? Bold statement. Yeah. I don't know. I, it's like that. It's one of those ones that's been on Netflix for so long and people always want to watch it and it's so fucking popular. Um, I'm sure there's analytics that would prove me wrong, but it's like it ex- it's like one of those movies that is so streamable and rewatchable, and I think a lot of people love it. Silver Linings Playbook is just one of those like random. It's one of those random movies you could say in a conversation, and someone would be like, "Ah, oh, love that movie." It's, I also think to your point, Gabe, yeah. it's like it's one of those Oscar movies that everyone likes yeah, like i think really oscar accept- movies can be yeah, like some people can be like oh that's too artsy like i couldn't get into that and i just feel like silver linings playbook is like an everybody oscar movie <laughs> yeah it's like a um, people pleaser but it's also like you know like wild and like tough and um about the american yeah it's probably my favorite <laughs> by david o russell too and it's certainly my favorite jennifer lawrence performance so far uh you know it's up there for bradley cooper um nominated for eight oscars as nick was talking about it made 236 million dollars which is fucking crazy for this yeah. type of movie and like they, I, I don't know. I, I just I'm gonna give it a six as well out of seven. It's it's really has such a high legacy, and I don't think it's gonna get poor. It's not gonna age poorly. If anything, it's just you know like gonna be more popular over time. Yeah, this like shifted Jennifer's career, correct? Yeah. Like she was in Hunger Games prior to this. That's, it was like, like Winter's Bone well. was like her big moment that like yeah. she got nominated for that. But like this is the movie that people are like, oh man, Jennifer Lawrence is like the star. Yeah. 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 Tyler. Um, yeah. Uh, for all the reasons stated uh, prior to me, uh, I, I just think as well, I, I'm a little jaded. Four. I'm a little uh, <laughs> jaded in my opinion uh, because I always forget how popular this movie is with other people. I, I love this movie. I've seen it so many times. To Gabe's point about Netflix, I remember seeing it when it came on Netflix in like 2015. And either it's left or come back on or it's been on the entire time. I don't know, but it's still on Netflix. and It was very easy to watch for this. Um, I think the number of Academy Award nominations are definitely going to keep it in the conversation. Uh, but even more so, just like J-Law and it being her like one really big performance that she's known for. And like you said, pivot her career entirely. I think Bradley Cooper, very similar arc in, in regard to just like it being him kicking open the door and being showcasing his range and honestly to Gabe's point I think it's one of my favorite Robert De Niro performances just because of he doesn't him not doing this very often and like really just showcasing like in a very unique role for him um the range that he's capable of so I love this movie I gave it a six in terms of legacy because I think it will still be very relevant and there's nothing that's really going to hinder that going forward were you at a six yeah yeah Yeah, I I think this also like kicked off I don't know how much you guys follow this, but there's always like couple like acting couples that end up in movies, like a bunch of tandem movies after. And this was like this kicked off Bradley and Jennifer doing like a bunch of the same movies really close (laughs) together within like two to three years, just like Emma and Ryan and stuff. Um, So, yeah, well, 
Great. Nick, are you counting what's happening over there? Nick is doing the calculations. He's doing the calculations um, to find out. I will say, personally, Got like it. outside of the score, Ooh. I think I like Garden State more, but it's so slight because I They're just very really love close both of scores. These. It yeah. is 84 for Silver Linings Playbook and uh, 78. Out of 105, wow. right? Out of 105, yeah. Wow. So wins wow. Nar- narrowly. It's very close. Narrow win. Great movies. Points. A good suggestion, Yay. Tyler, for Silver yeah. Linings Playbook. And good on you, Layla, for making the connection between these two. Great call, Layla. Yeah, yeah. I didn't realize how and connected great it was. Great moderating. Yeah. Beautiful. Wonderful. Yeah, I tried. Um, so... Next, do we have any recommendations for our listeners based off of these two fabulous? I want to ask Gabe, what is this movie? Don't look up. That That's comes the out new this movie year. Adam McKay is making. One of the ones that I'm most excited for this year. It's going to be yeah, a huge so movie on tight. Netflix. It has Leo, so Timothy, <laughs> uh, Jonah Hill, Jennifer Lawrence, fucking uh, Meryl Streep. Uh, it's, it is one of the Everybody's most stacked casts. It looks fucking hilarious. Didn't know that was happening. Yeah. I started looking up Jennifer Lawrence's career. And, I was like, and what is this? according to critics, There's it's like trailer really out. fucking good. Like, like people are going to be obsessed with this. Adam McKay is awesome. Um, I recommend Zach Braff's follow-up movie. It's not as good, but Wish You Were Here mm. is like really beautifully done. It's a really good father-son thing, and those things always get me. Um I also have to recommend this every time because I just think this movie is slept on, but I can never, whenever a romance comes up, like especially a kind of like a quirky one, like just go watch the movie Beginners. It's one of my fucking 10 to 20 favorite movies of all time. Uh, I love it and I'm going to suggest it even if it's not that similar. (laughs) Does anyone else have any? I have a couple. Does anyone else have any recommendations? No. No, no, no um, I don't even know if these really tie in, but like they just these are the ones that came into my mind when I think of like either like quirky romance or like kind of quarter life crisis situation. So I put down Francis Ha, Obvious so Child, good. which if you haven't seen Obvious Child, you should because, you know, Slate's great. Um, Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind oh, is also like no, a really great quirky romance. We're definitely if you haven't seen it. I can't believe you haven't seen it, but you should see it. So go watch it. Um, those are the immediate thoughts that came to mind. Um, so Francis Ha is like one of those ones I suggest it. to people all the time. It's so pleasant. And then Obvious Child is not enough. So people know about o- it. Obvious Child is such a slept on movie. Jenny Slay is incredible. Totally. And so is Jake She's Lacey. The best. I love Jenny Slay. Yeah, I did too. She needs to do more things. Uh, um, next week, guess what, mm-hmm. y'all? It's our 100th episode, (laughs) and that means we're doing the movie face-off. We've been waiting this whole time to do it, because our podcast poster originally before the lovely Layla came on was a face-off poster. We're going to do the movie face-off, and I'm going to do this on the spot. We're going to do it against the movie Broken Arrow. So it's going to be two, like, rival movies with John Travolta. Broken Arrow is fucking sick. A lot of people haven't seen it. It's either of these It's Christian Slater and John Travolta. I have never seen Face Off all the way through, but it is fucking wild. It is Nicolas Cage and John Travolta switching faces. So um, next week is going to be fucking crazy. I think both of those are on Hulu right now or Amazon. Uh, So go look those (laughs) up. Also... Uh, just stay tuned for whatever we're going to have. Thank you for staying along for 99 episodes. Uh, you can follow us on Instagram. Uh, go up, look, uh, go look up facing off 
Uh, and then also on Twitter. Uh, if you got a Twitter, Especially if you, you want to see Tyler's mustache. You got any plugs, Tyler? Yeah. Any like uh, like facial hair growth tonics you use or? <laughs> no. Yeah. How no. did that? Do you use like chicha chichia? Did you just eat that and then it came out as your mustache? <laughs> <laughs> it's like one of those magnet things. It just has a magnet. Yeah. Like they this. just pulled it all out. It's, yeah. it's like yeah. those inflatable like little like you put those those tiny things in the water and then they turn into a big seahorse. <laughs> Basically, you did that for a month. You drew one of those and glued it in got a little wet. But you can go follow right. uh, Tyler on Instagram as well. He's at Ty Ty Saul. Uh, but we'll, we'll, ta- we'll tag him. We will tag him. T-Y-T-Y-S four A's and an L. There you go. There you go. Four A's for the four A'ster. Um, I don't what <laughs> and also if you want to send us emails you could send it to facingoffpodcast at gmail.com does anybody have a send off Deshaun Jackson is the man Deshaun Jackson <laughs> by the way it says balls on your face yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs>